Capo Caco needs to be the Rangers' top-line right winger for the foreseeable future. We talk about that. We wonder if Igor Shesterkin is really back this time. And we discuss a whole lot more from the Rangers' 5-2 win over the Seattle Kraken. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 985 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code Locked On to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Rangers coming off their second straight win. They take down the Seattle Kraken 5-2. to two. This is kind of a weird one because I felt like watching this game, it almost felt like the Rangers were three different teams with the three different periods that went by. You know, their performance was, I mean, overall, you have to take it, right? The Kraken were hot. They'd had that streak of uh, 13 straight games without a regulation loss. They had won nine in a row before they lost to Pittsburgh uh, just the day before uh, this game against the Rangers. But uh, again, I thought the Rangers were really up and down. You overall have to take the performance. You have to take the result, a 5-2 to two win against a team that was on fire. Um, the Rangers were kind of all over the place in this game, and we're going to break down what I mean by that a little bit later. But I want to start today's episode by talking specifically about Capo Caco and his performance. Obviously, he had uh, the goal there that uh, boosted the Ranger lead up to 4-1, and we'll break that down in a little bit as well. But my biggest takeaway from this game is that, yes, Capo Caco, he's just been back for two games, and uh, you know he's still getting going again. But what I've seen so far, he looks good, and I do think that he needs to be the Rangers' top-line right winger. We've talked about how you know, not just this season, but also seasons past. There's really been a revolving door there as far as the top line right wing spot is concerned. A lot of players have come and gone over that time. And actually, one of those players is Blake Wheeler. We got to give some props to him for uh, how he played in this game. He ends up with two goals and um, hopefully, you know, he gets it going a little bit and, you know, transitions well back down to the bottom six. But to me, yeah, it's still got to be Capo Caco going forward. Uh, looked very, very good through these first two games back. I think he's skating very well. Uh, he's shooting well. He's had a couple of really good chances to score. It was nice to see him uh, break through here in this game. Uh, he's been going to work on the four check. He's a good defensive forward as well. We know that. And yeah, you know, a minute ago, I, I just mentioned how obviously he's been close to scoring a couple of different times. You go back to the game before this, his first game back. Um, there was one off of a feed from Alexi Lafreniere. This is near the end of a Ranger power play. Lafreniere is behind the net, pass in front to Kako. Kako put it just wide. Uh, that same game, there was also a scramble in the crease. I believe that was also at the very tail end of a Ranger power play, or maybe just after it expired. But he had a good chance to, to put one there and get a dirty goal uh, to Kako. And then in this game, uh, excellent chance to score in the first period. So basically you've got Ryan Lindgren of all people. He's kind of leading the, the rush into the, the uh, attacking zone there. And he's going in up the left side and looking to pass, looking to shoot. And then he sees Kako kind of trailing the play at the center of the ice. He gets it to Kako. Kako receives the pass in stride, suits it just wide of 
the uh, the near post. It would be the near post for Kako. And, um, you know, just missed. And he was kind of shaking his head on the bench, apparently. But, um, you know, at this point, you're kind of wondering, as a Ranger fan who has seen Kako at times be a little bit snake-bitten, um, you're kind of wondering, like, oh, man, is this already happening? Like, he's been back for a game and a half at this point. Is he already snake-bitten? Like, he's going to have all these you know, good scoring chances, but just not score on any of them? Um you know, and eventually, of course, he did score in this game. I also want to give him a shout out for, you know, a small play that he made on the goal by Eric Gustafson. This made the score two to one in favor of the Rangers and put them on top for the rest of the game. Eric Gustafson really needed that, by the way. But basically what happens on this play, Brayden Schneider's tired the whole play. He's got the puck in the Rangers zone, passes into the neutral zone. And Kako, you know, didn't do, he didn't have the puck for long. He had it for, you know, a fraction of a second here. But what he did, you know, he got the puck around the red line right in the, uh, you know, the center of the rink, but, you know, near the boards. And he redirects the puck forward. And that obviously, you know, kind of kept the kept the play moving there. And then you got Mika Zibanejad. He picks it up, moves over the blue line. Uh, Mika then leaves the puck for Kreider, who's moving up the right side. And Kreider tried to pass back to Mika. Mika had moved to the center of the ice at that time. Uh, good play by the Seattle defender to poke it away. But it goes right to Eric Gustafson. Gustafson shoots and scores. And as I mentioned, Gustafson really needed that. You know, he's one of those guys that he got off to a fantastic start this season. But recently, I don't think he's really been playing bad hockey, but it feels like he's one of those guys that's just kind of there. So it's nice to see him get involved here. Uh, he had that turnover in the game before this that led to uh, a goal against for the Rangers. So um, nice to see him uh, get a goal here and break through after, again, 31 games without scoring a goal. But Kako had a little bit of a hand in that goal. And then, of course, the one that he scored came later in the game on the rush, you know, receiving a feed from Mika Zibanejad on that play. And we'll uh, break that one down a little bit later when we discuss uh, the entire second period. Because as I mentioned at the intro of this show, this second period, the whole game was a little bit weird with the Rangers just kind of being up and down. Um, good hockey, not so good hockey, good hockey, not back and forth the entire game. Just kind of an uneven performance. It still resulted, like I said, in a three-goal win. But again, they, they were just really up and down in this game and never was that more on display, I think than in the second period of this game. Rangers were kind of all over the place in that period, and Kako did score there. And we'll talk about that goal in greater detail when we talk about the second period. But as for Kako himself, he seems to be feeling pretty good right now. You know, he's um, he's he's done better than I, I think a lot of people probably would have expected, considering that he had kind of an underwhelming start to the season, uh, just the three points in the 20 games. And, he, of course, he gets hurt, and, um, you know, he gets back. But... You know, as I mentioned not too long ago, because we're we're talking, you know, in the, in the last handful of episodes before Kako's return about just that, the idea of Kako getting back into this lineup and how's he going to do and where is he going to play and what kind of ice time and who are going to be his line mates, all that stuff. But one of the things that I mentioned, uh, and I'll mention it again here, is that maybe the injury to Kako, if you want to be completely glass half full, maybe it could be a blessing in disguise because nobody wants to get hurt. We know that. Um, it's got to be tough. I mean, the injury itself, I'm sure, didn't feel very good to Kako. He hit the boards very awkwardly, and his leg bent back, and just did not look like a uh, very fun experience for Capo Kako there. But as I mentioned in a recent episode, the reason I see it as maybe a blessing in disguise is because he was off to a very underwhelming start to the season, at least from an offensive perspective. And yeah, I'm sure for Kako, it was rough. He wants to be out there. Um, wants to help this team win some games. They, they were doing very well without Kako, and then uh, they had the four-game losing streak, and probably more than ever, probably wants to get back out there and try to, try to help his team uh, win some games. But the reason I think, again, that it's, that it's a blessing in disguise is that he, he did have that rough start to the season, so it allows you to kind of regroup, reset, refocus, kind of draw a line in the sand and step back onto the ice once you're finally back from injury and just kind of say to yourself, okay, my season begins now. Because Kako's offensive numbers, 
due in part to his slow start and also due in part to obviously him missing. I believe the final total was 21 games. His offensive numbers are not going to be what we were hoping for, what I'm sure he was hoping for. So it kind of allows you, again, to just kind of let go of that and just say, okay, season starts now. I'm on a great team here, a first-place team. I can help us, you know, uh, achieve the ultimate goal, which is, of course, winning the Stanley Cup. And that's a long way in the distance. But the bottom line, this team was struggling, going through some adversity for the first time all season. They'd lost four in a row before Kako got back. And now he's back in the lineup, and they've won two in a row. Now, that's not all because of Kako Kako, but he does help this team. Uh, something that I mentioned again while we were kind of anticipating his return was that he just simply lengthens the lineup. You know, it, it just makes it a deeper team. Um, Kako being on the top line, I, I do think that's their best option for the top line, by the way. You know, you go Kreider, Mika, Kako, but that also moves Blake Wheeler down to the bottom six. I know Blake Wheeler has some doubters, has some people that didn't really like the, the pickup when it happened, and maybe they're still not feeling it right now. But uh, a stat I want to throw at you guys here for Blake Wheeler He didn't have any points in his first 10 games, and I think that was largely due to obviously adjusting to, you know, the whole new experience of being a New York Ranger and leaving the Winnipeg Jets behind. In the 33 games since then that Blake Wheeler has played, seven goals and 10 assists, a total of 17 points. Uh, He's also an even plus minus in that time, and his shooting percentage is 16.3, which is very good. Um, Okay, those are not fantastic, eye-popping, incredible numbers, but those are numbers you can live with uh, from a third-line type player. And again, with Capo Caco being back, that puts Blake Wheeler down into the bottom six, and it makes the bottom six at least a little bit better. Um, On top of that, you know, Caco being back in the lineup, and no disrespect to any of the AHL guys that were called up and were in the lineup for, you know, a game, two games, whatever it might have been, but Caco being back in the lineup, that takes bleed, uh, LeCision, Nash, it takes guys like that out of the equation. They did the best they could, but Capo Caco, far better player than any of them. And also, you know, Will Cooley, I want to mention him here too while we talk about lengthening the lineup. The Rangers were kind of toying with the idea, it seemed, of going with him on the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. And hey, you know what? The season's only half over, just, just past the halfway point here. That's something we could see a little bit later in the season. You never know for sure. Um, but, you know, obviously Cooley not being there means that he's now back to the bottom six. And all of a sudden, you know, that bottom six isn't looking so bad. You've got Wheeler there, who's been scoring at a higher clip. You've got Cooley there, who, you know, just does a, a really nice job, a really consistent player, especially for a young player every night, um, hard-hitting player, but also giving you some offense. And, you know, Jimmy Vesey's there in the bottom six as well. He, he'll get you some goals every now and then. Um, he could, Jimmy Vesey could end up with the most goals of his career. Uh, he's at eight right now. His previous career best is 17. Did that twice with the Rangers. But the bottom line, I mean, Kako just lengthens the lineup, like I was saying. It just makes this a deeper team, a more complete team. And, you know, again, unless there's any, like, true, like, Jake LeCision truthers out there, you know, I think you'll agree that Capo Kako is probably a better option than Jake LeCision. And you do hope that Kako uh, eventually really gets it rolling offensively and that line can really get it rolling. Uh, but for the t- time being, I'm just happy to see him back. Um, if Filipito comes back, you know, that's just icing on the cake and this team's basically back to full strength and uh, they'll be as deep as they were at the start of the regular season. Even with the full lineup, you can always use a little bit more depth. Uh, but I think Capo Caco certainly uh, alleviates some of those concerns as far as Ranger depth is concerned. We know that he helps defensively. And as far as him being with Mika and Kreider, again, I'm all for it going forward. Um, that's the line that the Rangers were rolling with as their top line on opening night. And obviously, Caco hasn't been around for a while. Nobody else has really taken the bull by the horns as far as that top line right wing spot is concerned. So might as well go ahead, throw Caco back out there. Go with the line combination that you were uh, anticipating you would go with at the start of the regular season and just see what they can do. And so far, so good. I think that line's off to a good start. I also have to wonder too, like Kako being back in the lineup, you know, maybe that 
frees up Kreider and Mika just a little bit because Kekko is such a good defensive forward. Uh, they know that he'll be defensively responsible. So uh, maybe that has an impact on those guys going forward as well. We will see. But overall, uh, great start for Kekko being back in the lineup. And I, I think that top line for the Rangers have been looking good as well. But obviously, we hope that uh, they keep rolling with it and that you know, good results continue to come uh, after the return of Capo Kekko. So we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to shift our attention to what was a really weird second period. I didn't think the Rangers played well in the second period at all, but that didn't stop them from winning the period two to nothing. Uh, we will talk about that in just a second here. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk for just a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That is scary. The Jay's case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to anybody. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off of your order. Also, I want to let everybody know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, keep everything rolling here. Definitely want to, uh, you know, continue to enjoy this win, but I do have to kind of call out the Rangers for what was something of a lackluster second period, although it just feels so weird saying that because they end up scoring two goals. This is one of the strangest periods I think that the Rangers have played the entire season. Uh, again, I, I thought they were badly outplayed in the first few minutes of this period. The first four to five minutes uh, were basically a disaster. You know, they're giving up odd man rushes. You've got Igor Shesterkin. He's under fire. He's having to make uh, ridiculous saves left and right. We're going to talk about some of Igor's greatest hits a little bit later in today's episode, but yeah, I don't know. The start of this period, I thought the first period was pretty good for the Rangers, but in the start of this period, just didn't really seem uh, like they were ready to go. And the proof was in the pudding. Uh, you look at what the Rangers did in the second period compared to the first and third periods. So the Rangers got outshot in the second period, 16 to 10. The rest of the game, the Kraken only had 15 total shots on goal in the first and third period combined. So the Kraken had more shots on goal in the second period than the other two periods put together. And... Again, the, the, the start of the period was really bad. The Kraken must have had like 10 shots on goal in the first five minutes. I don't even really think that's much of an exaggeration. Sam even said something like that because at the start of the third period for the Rangers, the Rangers went like 10 minutes in the third period while allowing only one shot on goal to the Kraken. Rangers were playing excellent defense at the start of that third period. And yeah, I mean, it, it felt like, you know, the, the Kraken got about 10 shots in the first five minutes of the second period. So just a stark contrast from their start to the second period and their start to the third period. Rangers, again, I thought they were getting really outplayed in the second period, but they do end up getting goals at 12-32 and 17-01 by Blake Wheeler and Capo Caco. Uh, the Wheeler goal, you know, I guess it's really just a case of the Rangers basically weathering the storm, and specifically Igor Shesterkin weathering the storm because, you know, again, it's been such an up-and-down season for Igor. 
I'm thinking maybe he's back. We will discuss that in greater detail shortly here. But I do want to break down a couple of these goals that the Rangers scored uh, in the second period here because they kind of ran away with it despite being outplayed for the most part in the middle stanza here. But basically, um, you've got Brodzinski from the goal line. He passes back to Braden Schneider. And then Brodzinski kind of moves toward the blue line and receives the pass back from Schneider, takes the shot. Blake Wheeler's in front of the net. Uh, Cooley was there too, but Wheeler gets the redirection and he scores and makes it three to one. Wheeler apparently was working on deflections in practice. They were talking about that on the broadcast. And I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of that if Blake Wheeler, you know, because I think one of his weaknesses and one of the things that Ranger fans are kind of pointing to is that he's a little bit older now and he's not quite the skater that he used to be, just not quite as mobile as he used to be. You don't really need a ton of mobility. I mean, I guess you need to maintain your balance and everything, but you don't really need a ton of quickness and speed and mobility uh, to be a net front presence and an effective net front net front presence. And Blake Wheeler, that's something that he still might be able to do. So I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of this. I wouldn't mind seeing Blake Wheeler. Uh, depends on the line that he's on. And uh, he was out there on this night with, uh, again, um, Brodzinski and Cooley. And I thought that line overall looked pretty good. But I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Blake Wheeler. I mean, he's a good passer still, but I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, line up in front of the net every so often and just try to create a screen, create havoc, and maybe do what he did here, you know, redirect the puck into the net. So a nice uh, redirection there by Blake Wheeler. And I got to also shout out Johnny Brodzinski while we're at it here too, because he had a good shift the one before this. Uh, he made a really nice play on the back check, cracking out a dangerous rush into the Rangers zone as they were doing basically this entire period. Uh, Brodzinski got back, broke up the play, and then also made a defensive play um, not too long after that as well. Wasn't Didn't stand out quite as much as this one, but uh, Brodzinski playing well. And he almost scored on a tip-in try off of a feed from Artemi Panarin. So Brodzinski with uh, you know a solid couple of shifts in a row here. And um, obviously it leads to a primary assist on a goal by Blake Wheeler. That gave the Rangers a 3-1 to lead. A much-needed goal because, again, the way this period started, it felt like it was almost a matter of time before the Kraken tied things up. But uh, Igor Shesterkin had other ideas. And, of course, the Rangers, despite not playing great, at least being opportunistic here, taking advantage of a scoring opportunity when it presented itself. Uh, speaking of mistakes in the second period, they, not too long after this, had a really bad line change. It was weird because I didn't see who it was. But it might have been, maybe it was lingering. I'm really not sure. But somebody on the Rangers jumped off the ice onto the bench right while the Kraken were basically exploding up the ice through the neutral zone. So I don't know why. I mean, maybe his guy had already jumped onto the ice and he was trying to get off so they didn't get the too many men penalty. But somebody basically left the ice and just took himself completely out of this play. So now Adam Fox is the only guy back. He's got to try to defend a three-on-one rush. We know he's good against the two-on-one. Uh, he made a great play here, though. Did not even allow a shot. Just um, you know, great instincts by Adam Fox. Nice play here. But then the Rangers add to their lead, you know, against all odds again, the way this period was going here. Uh, Capo Caco breaks through with a goal. Again, he'd been close a couple of times in the previous game. He was close once earlier uh, in this game. But in this case, you've got uh, Mika up the center of the ice into the neutral zone. And, or rather, it was Kreider. Kreider made a touch pass in the neutral zone to lead Mika Zibanejad up the left side. And then Mika passes to his right to Capo Caco. Caco doesn't hesitate. He shoots. He scores uh, four to one. They said that uh, somebody hugged him on the bench. They said that it was Johnny Brodzinski on the broadcast. I thought maybe it was Goodrow. It was hard to see. Um, but regardless, you know, Caco's back. Uh, he was really excited after the goal was scored. And you got to feel like that's probably a weight off his shoulders. I mean, he knows his season wasn't going the way that he wanted it to. Um, but he's looked good these first couple of games back. And as I mentioned, it's got to be tough to 
get close to scoring and get close to scoring. But then to finally break through with one here, uh, hopefully that's an example of, uh, you know, the uh, the damn bursting, so to speak, for Capo Caco. And uh, hopefully there's more of this to come. I do think, though, I know there's some people that really want Will Cooley on the top line. I've even seen some people suggest why not go with Cooley and Mika and Caco and then drop Cryer down to the third line. I mean, that's an option as well. But I do think the best iteration and it's a line that isn't exactly new. It's not exactly a fresh idea because we've seen these three together before. But I still think your best bet is Kreider, Mika, and Kako. Obviously, um, that could always be subject to change. But for right now, for the foreseeable future, let's go with those three guys. Let's go with the three guys that, you know, people were excited about this line coming into this season. And and for good reason. I think a lot of people were ready to see uh, all three members of the kid line get into the top six. That's how the Rangers started the season. So let's get back to that. You know, fresh start for Kako. And hopefully these three can... Uh, can, um, you know, pull their weight and start doing some more damage 5v5. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But again, so far, so good uh, for that trio and Capo Caco specifically. Again, it was just a really weird second period. You really don't know how to feel about it. I suppose it's a good thing that, I mean, first of all, Igor was great, and we're going to talk about him in just a second, but also a good thing that the Rangers somehow collectively weathered the, weathered the storm here and then took advantage of their scoring opportunities uh, when they presented themselves. So in just a second, Going to keep everything rolling. Talk a little bit about Igor Shesterkin. I, I thought he was fantastic in this game. We're going to talk about if he's really back for real this time. And also going to talk about uh, the Rangers just kind of having an up and down defensive performance in this game. There's times where they really locked it down. There were other times where um, it just didn't seem like they really were all that interested in playing defense. But it all worked out. But uh, again, we're going to talk about all that stuff, including Igor Shesterkin, in just a second here. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by our good friends at Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find candidates very, very fast. We are driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Ditch the busy work, Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employees agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about Igor Shosturkin. Thought he was just awesome in this game. Uh, he ends up stopping 29 of 31 shots. And, you know, there's times in the past where, and I'm not the only one, but there's times where uh, I've gotten kind of annoyed with the Rangers. You know, they, they play some lackadaisical defense, and um, they they rely on now Igor Shosturkin and back in the day, Henrik Lundqvist to basically save their bacon and, and just carry them to a win. Uh, I wouldn't say the Rangers necessarily did that in this game. But there were plenty of times where Igor Shosturkin really needed to pick up the slack. And I don't think that that's really a bad thing for just one night. I mean, I, I, you want the Rangers to play better defense than they did at times in this game. 
Um, but with that said, I think Igor needed a night like this where they the Rangers had to kind of lean on him a little bit. He had to be the best player on the ice, which arguably he was. I mean, they gave the first start to Capo Caco. I think that's also partly because he's back from the injury and obviously scored a goal in this game. Igor was the second star, but to me, Igor needed a game where he was going to be one of the biggest reasons why the Rangers came away from it with two points, and he did that. You know, there were some really quality saves mixed in throughout the night, especially in the second period. Uh, a lot of really good glove saves that Igor Shosturkin made, a couple impressive pad saves where he's moving left to right, um, and quite a few of those saves in some big spots in this game, too. Uh, there were quite a few that happened when the Rangers were up 2-1, to one, so obviously every save he makes then, it preserves the lead uh, for the Rangers, and again, there were some really nice saves uh, during that stretch there, and also something else that I thought made this impressive, it looked to me, I don't know, maybe maybe you guys saw it differently, you guys can let me know, um, it looked to me like Igor was off to a little bit of a shaky start in this game, um, you know, the Kraken's first goal, that was a high-danger scoring opportunity, and, um, you know, I'm not going to put that one on Igor, because Vincent Trocek made a mistake uh, in the neutral zone while trying to kill time off of a penalty that the Rangers had taken. The Rangers were shorthanded at the time. Kraken got a rush, and, and they ended up scoring and converting on their scoring chance there. But, you know, Igor gave up that goal. And even though that wasn't Igor's fault, it just didn't look like he was going to make the save. Um, and again, early in the game, it just kind of felt like Igor was fighting himself a little bit. Every save was a little bit of an adventure for Igor Shosturkin. Um, Just didn't look like himself, but he really settled in as this game got going. And again, made a lot of his clutch saves, his biggest saves, when the Rangers were up 2-1. to one. And obviously not playing their best early in the second period. And to kind of highlight what Igor did, specifically in the second period, you had the Kraken taking a shot from the blue line. Uh, Igor made the save, and there was a rebound, and Igor comes up with a point-blank save. Again, this is right at the start of the second period, first minute or two. This sequence that I just described literally repeated itself on the same shift about 15 or 20 seconds later. Uh, again, kind of a long shot from the Kraken, save made, uh, chance in deep for the Kraken on the rebound. Igor stops that one as well. And then uh, he ends up making, uh, to get a play stoppage, ends up making a glove save on a shot from the blue line. The Rangers needed that play stoppage because, again, they were under fire at the start of the second period and just not playing their best hockey. The shift after this, you get a two-on-one for the Kraken. Uh, Yamamoto ends up shooting. Igor turns that aside with a really nice blocker save there. Um, basically, Gustafson had pinched on that play, and Schneider was the only guy back. So Schneider takes away the pass. Igor takes care of the rest. Nice blocker save to, uh, once again, preserve the lead for the Rangers. and then. Kind of a weird one here. Igor had to make a save through some really heavy tra traffic, excuse me, and the puck kind of bounces up into the air, lands in the crease. Nobody knew where it was for a second, and thankfully the Rangers found it first and were able to uh, skate away from it. But again, you know, the Cracker were um, the Kraken were the Kraken were basically um, you know just just kind of pressuring Igor Shosturkin nonstop throughout this this entire sequence in the second period here, and he stood tall, stood on his head, made some really nice saves, and once again preserved the lead for the Rangers. That's one thing I can always count on from Igor Shosturkin. It does feel I mean, he'll have some clunkers like any goalie will. I mean, you, you play long enough, sooner or later, you're you're just not going to have it on any given night. Um, but it does feel like when, when the saves really need to be made, when when it's crunch time and you know, the, the game is about to swing in the other team's favor. You know, that's when he'll come up with the big saves, and he was doing this here uh, in the second period. And then the Rangers, in the beginning of the third period, uh, they really kind of picked things up defensively. You could see them kind of going with that 1-3-1 they've had some success with, and Kraken were having trouble getting through the neutral zone. I mentioned earlier that in the first 10 minutes of the third period, the Kraken got a total of only uh, one shot on goal, and it just felt like the Rangers did something that they've been doing uh, mostly throughout the entire season. When the Rangers have a lead in the third period, say like two goals. I mean, I know this one was three goals, but say like two goals. It feels like they've found a way to strike this good balance between 
continuing to attack at times, but not doing so to their own detriment, not having things where you're just trading odd man rushes up and down the ice uh, with their opponent, with your opponent, uh, whoever that may be on any given night, because the Rangers here, I love their start to the third period. The first 10 minutes of the third period, I thought it was great. Rangers were still getting some scoring chances, but they were never getting caught out of position. There were always people in the neutral zone. They always had their defense in back. Uh, there wasn't, really anything close to an odd man rush or really even a rush of any kind for the Kraken for those first 10 minutes. Uh, the Kraken did eventually kind of pick up their game a little bit after that. They end up scoring on the power play uh, for the second time on the night, cut it down to four to two. Um, but the Rangers took care of everything else. And, um, you know, obviously the Blake Wheeler empty netter, um, you know, sealed the deal. But when it was four to again, you know, Igor making some nice saves. You had Larson taking a slap shot from the blue line. Igor made a nice right pad save there. And then also, one of his best saves of the night. And again, this is in the kind of the last few minutes of the game. Rangers are up 4-2 at this point. Really strong glove save against Alexiak. Basically, the Rangers blocked the shot, but it kind of worked out in the Kraken's favor because it went right to Alexiak. So point blank, right on the doorstep, Igor Shosturkin, uh, an outstanding glove save, full extension to his left uh, to make that stop. One of his best saves of the night. And again, just a fantastic performance overall by Igor Shosturkin. The Rangers as a team defensively, very much up and down. Again, it goes back to what I was saying right at the start of today's episode where there were times where they didn't even look like the same team. They, they looked like they were three different teams throughout the three different periods uh, in this game. But again, it all worked out. You know, they, they found a way to beat a team that's on fire and beat them by three goals. And I think you have to take that despite this uh, not being a perfect performance by the Rangers. Uh, one other stat I want to throw at you guys, they mentioned it during the broadcast. The Rangers came into this game 16-0-1 when scoring four or more goals in a game. They are now 17-0-1, so obviously a, a nice stat there for the Rangers. And um, also just wanted to uh, mention that Jacob Truba became a dad. Big-time congratulations to him. We mentioned that in our last episode, the uh, the crossover with Erica Ayala from Locked on Kraken. Uh, a lot of fun recording that episode, but wasn't sure that Truba was going to be playing in this game, but he was back out there. Um, and again, him and his wife, Kelly, congratulations to them. They welcome a baby boy, Axel, and it seems like uh, the entire family is doing great. So that's awesome to hear. Uh, congrats to Jacob Truba on becoming a dad. Very cool stuff. So, um, yep, I figured we pretty much call it there. If you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.